Well, and I, I think I talked about, I think I talked about this last episode. There is, there, don't get me wrong, there are really big aha moments, but that you don't wake up and go, aha, and yeah. then you're making a thousand dollars a day. No, no, there's still, cut it out. There's, cut still it out. <laughs> there's still growth after that big revelation you have in your trading. There's a lot, I think that's why everyone, you know, successful traders love to trade is you can, the, the power of compounding is magical. Yeah. Um, and whether that be knowledge, your account size, your profits, you know, I mean, it, no matter how big that aha moment is, you're still going to have more of them in the future. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. All right, welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast, everyone. I am Tim Bowen, back with Kim and Steven, and we're bringing back a great guest from we just had you know uh, as we're as we're recording just recently the episode dropped so check out episode two hundred one with Bryce Tui and you know we we brought back Bryce because you know the, we had a great conversation going and then at several points his internet kind of w- went a little wonky we lost him we ended up actually finishing the episode without him now that being said i think it was still a really great episode yep. we got a bunch of comments people seemed to really like it but because of that we thought we'd bring back bryce while it was somewhat fresh i think we recorded a couple of weeks ago i've got too much tbi and, and other assorted head injuries i don't remember what we talked about so it'll kind of be like a whole new episode to me but that being said, if you're maybe if you're jumping on this episode and this is your first one, up to you. But you know, maybe check out episode two hundred one, kind of set you up because we we won't get into you know I assume we won't get into a lot of your know, Bryce's history. We already kind of talked about that in episode two hundred one. So that being said, welcome back, Bryce. Welcome back, Kim, and welcome back, Stephen. Thank I you. Ask, can I just ask one question straight off the bat? I've seen you in some recent interviews, Bryce. And I just want to check as you're saying embrace Tui or Brace Tuithy. Because Tim Sykes seems to think it's embrace Tuithy. And I don't know why he says it. He he calls me a wide variety of names. And my last name it changes. It's by the day. Sometimes it's Tuohe. Sometimes it's Tauhe. The pronunciation is Tui. Tui, like Ratatouille. I actually always joke I wanted to name my first kid Rata. So like, hey, Ratatouille. Oh, nice. Been, I like been, that. Right? Yeah. But I've been told to do that for my dog instead of my kid. So, <laughs> good idea. Yeah. You, you, you do that with your kid, and then you'd grow up and you'd be like, well, I can't figure out why my kids hate me. You know, it's like, I don't, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a nice guy, you know, but meanwhile, they go to school and they come home angry and you can't figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a boy called Sue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if, if you can also call a girl Freda. And middle name Go. So if the police have a stopper and say, What's your name? Say, Oh, it's Freda Go. And say, Oh, you're afraid to go. <laughs> you're afraid to go. It's the worst joke on the podcast this year. 201 episodes. And Stephen, you just keep, you know, keep coming I up. Man. On, I, I, how do you do it on TikTok? I, I, I saw it on TikTok, it? but it, it, it doesn't work unless you're in a car and you're like, 
swapping cameras, <laughs> pretending to be the police officer, trying to rip off a TikTok video. Anyway, Bryce, how's uh, how's trading this week? Slow. Um, I actually took Monday off, and that was one thing I talked about, you know, last podcast. Is how I'm trying to take a little bit more free time for myself. Uh, the market this week has definitely shown some real good signs of momentum. But I was actually hanging out with uh, Matt Monaco and one of our other friends from New York over the weekend. So I decided just not to trade Monday. That's one one big thing I've learned so far is if you have other stuff going on, don't don't feel the need to show up and trade because if you're distracted, I don't care any bit of distraction can and will mess up your trading so uh it felt good not to not to force anything on monday and then yesterday i had a small red day and today i've made it back and then some so definitely good signs of mo- uh, momentum in the market you know gamestop is over 2:30 amc is testing the breakout level and i don't care what you say about the meme stocks make fun of them all you want dude shorts, shorts are just jealous shorts dude, are just screwed dude, meme <laughs> Meme stunks are keeping people alive, like the keeping yeah. action in the market alive. And that AMC breakout, got a piece of it yesterday. I'm not the greatest long. Um, I got a piece of AMC and, and, and around 11 o'clock held it. Dude, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant sell after hours. Felt a little bit sick the next day when I tell that double, triple bottom. And then what did you think of the double, triple bottom? What did you think it was done on the after the breakout today? Uh, What's that? Did, what did did you think it was kind of done in the morning today when it had that kind oh. of double bottom it didn't break out right away and we're talking about amc on the 26th of may by the way it's like day two of the breakout um so this here's here's my thing is i am i am not a very patient long um and i'm not going to call myself a scalper by any means but i'm not the most patient person and what i've noticed is amc is much more of a patient style play i mean you you almost if you're trying to day trade it you need to have a pretty wide risk uh it's not uncommon for that midday pull down to lows it might hold low a day sometimes it breaks it by a little bit um it's actually been more predominantly an after hours mover so finally this week i've taken enough losses on enough paper cuts the past you know week or so when it's been trying to break out or testing that uh that multi-month breakout level and i said you know what i'd rather trade gamestop i've traded that a lot better and it's moving relatively uh in sympathy to it. But that being said, I mean, it today was probably the most clear long signal for me on it, uh, you know, with it being so close to the all time or not all time high, the, uh, the breakout from what multi-month, was that? The, yeah, yeah, multi-month, multi-month breakout high. back when yeah. it was up at 20. Uh, today was probably the most clear one. It was a really, really nice consolidation break. And just basically, I'm not going to say straight up rip to, you know, high 19s, but it was, it was clean. It's really clean yeah. today. Uh, but of course, the one day I decide not to trade it, it works really yeah. well. <laughs> Unlike BTX, which is the worst, most trickiest, horrible stock in the market right now. Yeah, BTX, it's one of those, uh, you know, that was the one for anyone watching that might not remember it or didn't see it. I mean, it ran from what, seven to basically 90 something after hours that one day. And wow. it went straight up every day was green <laughs> and it went straight down every day was red and what my, you know, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of long biased traders were just continuing to try to buy that bounce, buy that bounce. And when, it, you know, when you get enough longs trapped, the same thing happens, you know, as you do when shorts are trapped, it just can't hold a bounce. It can't, it cannot, can't bounce. And even on the days with nice volume where it should have had that nice first green day, it really struggled. So it's one of those really tricky stocks to long now that it's so beaten down and, uh, it might go down further than you expect. Who knows? I, of course, I love 
I love when stocks bounce. That's my favorite type of play, but um, you also got to know when to avoid them. Yeah. And especially like with, you know, I call, I, and well, I didn't, I, I didn't coin this term, but you know, these scam X stocks, you know, the American <laughs> stock exchange. I mean, when the music stops, I mean, it just, it's just over. I mean, th- this thing is like, I mean, in my opinion, you know, again, when you're talking these Amex stocks, I mean, you can't, I mean, I, I think dip buying is like, I mean, ultimately different strategies, diff, different strokes for different folks, but trying to guess bottoms on these, man, it's different than like a NASDAQ story stock or, or even a meme stock. But when That's you're talking about point. some super sketch Scamex biotech, I mean, I, I was looking at the board of directors. They got like Joey Guido on their board of directors. It's like, man, just, you just, once it once they reverse man just if you're long biased just forget about them man i mean especially yep. when you're talking a two million float scam x dot so but but can i can i just ask like you've got ocgn that bounced well you've got zom that kind of from what i remember bounced well so like why is why did those bounce in btx and remember dlys that had a ton of dilution that's why that didn't bounce well, like, to me, you know, back to my point. My point is again, OCGN's a Nasdaq stock, and yeah, it's a it? and it's a coronavirus play. So it's like you know, BTX is is just dog shit across the board. It's just a low float squeeze. <laughs> At least you got OCGN. It's a liquid Nasdaq stock, and they put out a freaking coronavirus PR every two days. Yeah. So you got yeah. the story behind it. So these stocks can lure people in, but with BTX, it's just. It's losers and dregs Cold and bag stem. holders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only people, only people add, you know, trying to, you know, add to Scamex stocks are people that just, that just, you know, just bag holders hoping, you know. So, uh, that, well, it's going back lesson, to ninety. It's going back to ninety. You know. No, so. but that, that's a huge lesson for me, and and maybe it is for Bryce as well. I don't know, but like, why isn't it bouncing? Maybe it's because it it doesn't exist. It's because it shouldn't bounce. Yeah, it exactly. doesn't deserve to, right? <laughs> maybe that's the reason. Maybe. Well, well you got to remember, it's, you know, listen. BTX started at four bucks. You know, it started the run at four dollars. It's still up three hundred percent. You know, and I think that's yep. something that a lot of people overlook too. Is like, I mean, at the end of the day, they did an offering. The stock's up 300%. The, the, all the insiders are probably partying in the Caribbean right now. You know, I mean, I mean, they got what they wanted, but it's never going to bounce because it's still up 300% from, from three weeks ago. I mean, where's, you know, once the squeeze is done, it's done. So 100% that Tim, agreed. That's Tim Bourne, 26th of May. BTX is never going to bounce. <laughs> So, just just log that his last <laughs> words famous last words man especially what these I, days yeah. what i always notice on stocks like btx where they just cannot find a bottom it seems like the the bottom generally comes in after longs are just completely yeah. exhausted Two i mean months from you know, now, yeah. yeah exactly 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 it's it's a lot harder to time that bottom than it is with like you said a nasdaq stock it really because you don't want to be sitting there you're waiting for everybody to just give, you know, you, you got to go through there. There's that bag holder cycle. There's the bag holder cycle of you, you know, you make a terrible decision. You buy the, you buy the backside as they say. So then it fades out. It's red every day. 
So phase one of the bag holders is, is you're, you're, you're refreshing the news feed every 30 seconds. You're checking, and I've been there. You're checking for news at noon on fucking Saturday night. You're checking like, yeah, who's buying it? Oh, BTX got to, maybe they'll drop a PR over the weekend at noon on, or midnight on Saturday. Then you go, then you proceed to never opening your brokerage account. You won't open it. You're like, I don't even want to look at it. Then, uh, like a month later, you open it up. The number is so big, you can't take it anymore. You exit. You take a terrible loss. Then the next day, it bounces. That that And yep. that cycle repeats, <laughs> and it repeats, and it repeats until you learn the fucking lesson or you go broke. And then and then uh, the, the, it, it just goes on and on and on, like the wheel in Game of Thrones. It grinds you into oblivion. So, so, so basically, the lesson is wait until you're absolutely ready to sell. And, and, don't then two, and then wait two more days. <laughs> and then it'll probably be okay. Are you really bad? Are you really a bag holder if you sell your loss? <laughs> then you're just a losing trader. There you go. Yeah, it's a joke. That is a joke. Yeah, but you, you only no, lose when you sell, right? You just only like lose when you sell. Just like rehab is for quitters. Did you exactly. Well said. Well said. It's a joke. Oh. Uh, yes. Geez. So do you guys, Bryce, do you remember, like, I, I remember you were like talking, you were making a point. Do you remember the stuff we kind of like didn't cover in the first episode? Again, I, you know, I, I joke, but I don't remember. It was like two weeks ago. So <laughs> no, no, it's you and you and me both. I can't remember. It okay. Fair enough. I, I just couldn't I remember think, if there was like a point you wanted to make or anything, but yeah. Did I, did I get into I kind can, of how, how I, what was that? Yeah. I just. Just, just to interject, um, that was weird. But uh, no, one of the things that you're talking about was how you sized up your risk from yes. very small amounts to high amounts in, in that, that process and journey. So if, if you would like to elaborate. I would actually love to because I get this question way too much on Twitter. And I, I think it's like one of those, to me, it was like super paramount that I kind of get into that uh, my $2 risk thing and why that was so big to me or no, no, that is when I cut out. Perfect. That is when I cut out that. So <laughs> perfect. Cause that's, Oh gosh. I love talking about it. So that's perfect. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, if, for those of you who did watch the last episode, we probably kind of uh, ended my, my segment around sizing up and everything. And I think Steven, you and I talked a little bit about sizing up, especially in this market, right. Where, it is a little bit harder to do, in my opinion. I'm using smaller sides than I was two months ago, just because yeah, I'm, I'm not prepared to take that bigger risk. But when I first got started, and this is applicable in really any market when you're trying to learn, whether it's a new strategy, a new pattern, or you're really just trying to get consistent, I think the most important thing you can do is make your risk so minimal that losses do not affect you in any way. Um, if you have a, let's say you've got a two or $3,000 account, I'd say that's probably a relatively normal small account for a brand new trader, um, maybe a little bit less even. What, what good, let's be honest, like what good does using three day trades a week do for you, right? I mean, even if you hit one, a 20% mover, you're going to make three or $400, which is, you know, that's, don't get me wrong, that's great money, but I'm going to be honest with you, as a brand new trader, you're probably not going to hit that every single week. Um, and so I would rather keep those losses small rather than losing $200 every day. I'm wrong. Um, and so what I did was I created, I did a cash account with my, I think at the time I had about a $7,000 account with money to add in when I felt like I was consistent enough. 
Um, I split up my account every day. I was able to try with $3,500. And so basically for those who don't know how a cash account works is you can place a date or you can place a trade as many day trades as you want until your cash runs out. And so what that means is let's keep it simple terms. Let's say you have a $2,000 account and you buy $1,000 worth of stock on Monday and then you sell on Monday. That $1,000 you use for that trade will not be available to use until Wednesday. So then on Tuesday, you'll have that other half of your account to use. And you can, in theory, take one day trade of you know, that predetermined amount um, every single day, or you can split up your cash really however you want it. Now, anyways, what, why that all mattered was because I gave myself $3,500 a day to trade with. And that's, that's not a big position size by any means. And I was you know, trading three or four stocks a day. So what I would do is take basically two or $300 positions, so relatively small, um, and I'd line my risk up where if I was going to lose on that trade, I was going to lose $2. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, I could take 10 losses in a row and lose $20. You know what, that, that money is irrelevant uh, to most people with a small account. So what that did is it allowed me to one, take more than three day trades a week with a margin account. Um, in fact, I was probably taking four day trades a day. But what it was really more important for was developing that consistency. It gave me a lot of, a lot of experience, if I'm being you know, completely honest. When you're taking more trades, you're gaining more experience. And now you can also gain that experience by watching the screen, placing paper trades. For me, though, it was I had paper traded before, right? Uh, I, I think a lot of people probably have. The only issue is like every now and then if you're trading an OTC or you're trading a really volatile NASDAQ, the fills are going to be slightly different, especially if you're using a limit order. Um, it's, the fills are tough sometimes. And so anyways, it allowed me to take you know, three or four day trades a day and get that experience, really test my strategy, gather data. And while the money was irrelevant, the, the experience I gained from that while being able to keep my losses so small was awesome. And what's even better in my opinion was that every time I took a loss, even though it was only $2, it hurt me. I was like, oh my God, I just... I just lost $6 today. Like I, I took three losing trades in a row. What did I do wrong? Or if I lost $4, I was like, man, I lost twice my risk that I'm allowed to lose. Why did I, did I size up too much? Did I have a wrong risk level? And so you're learning all of those lessons while essentially losing and making nothing. Um, and then, you know, yeah. slowly scale up $10 risk, $20 risk. I shouldn't say slowly. I guess that's a, a big percentage <laughs> increase, but still small dollar amount. And that was probably one of the most important things I've ever done in my trading to really build that discipline, to build the practice, to understand risk. How, yeah, I think, you, you know, I think that? that's one of the biggest things that, you know, it's like, and, and we talk about this all the time, you know, it's like, it's just, you know, in the beginning, it's just not about the money, you know, and, and I like your, that, that approach of, of, you know, trading as much as possible with that cash account. And again, it's just getting the repetitions in. Go, go ahead, Kim. Sorry. Just how'd you come up with it? Um, I came up with it by, so I actually, I remembered it was May 15th of 2020 that I decided to really redefine my risk parameters and everything. And my, really my strategy, I was shorting, I was longing at the top, you know, sh shorting at the bottom. And I remember I was, uh, you know, still living with Matt Monaco back at our old, old house at the time. And, you know, finals were, I was in college, finals were coming to an end and I had a lot of stress going on. And the previous two weeks to that, I think every day was red. Uh, and I was watching Matt have his biggest month at the time, which I think was maybe $20,000. And 
And he had a relatively similar account size to me. And I was like, what, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, to be fair, Matt had a, a, a prior year basically of studying on me. He definitely had the experience and was ready to uh, pounce on those opportunities. But I just went on a walk every day for that week of May 15th, which was a Friday. Um, and I was like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Why am I losing $200 a day? Why am I losing $100? And finally it just came to be like, I'm using too, too big of risk. My risk is too big. I'm just going to size down so small that those losses will do nothing to me. They will not affect me other than teach me lessons. And, you know, it's one of those things when you first get into trading, like Tim, you were saying, everyone is just so focused on the money, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to make a thousand dollars a day with their $2,000 account. Um, and the more you, the more you trade, the more you mess up, you know, the more you're like, okay, now I kind of care more about the process. Where am I going wrong? And that was my way of just saying, I need to find a new process. And I completely, you know, everything I was trading, whether it was shorting a first red day or shorting uh, whatever, longing, <laughs> longing the breakout, I said, I'm just going to focus on one strategy, nothing else. And it's just going to be listed breakouts. And for, like I, I did mention this on the last episode, break, there are tons of different types of breakouts. There's intraday, multi-day, a multi-month, a 52-week breakout. And so I did a lot of experimenting with different kinds of breakouts to finally find what worked for me. Um, but that was kind of, it was that week. I was just sick and tired of it. And I think every trader will reach that point at some point, if they stay with it long enough and don't blow themselves up, you will find that, that turning point where you're just so tired of losing that you will find out what you need to do. Right. And then it's a whole other learning experience from there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's two, two, two things that will make this like, the most hated episode of the steady trade podcast ever. And, and then I'll let you guys go. Um, you're telling me it's not about making money. It's trading small. And you're telling me I got to trade. I got to track my data and I can only trade one setup at a time. You know, it's like, nobody wants to hear that. Everyone just closed this episode. <laughs> that's why, that's why 90% fail. Cause that, yep, that's why 90% fail because, because people don't want to do that, you know, and thank you losers you know that that don't want to do that stuff thank you so but what what's really what i was going to tell you is you you've actually got a pen under your cap i don't know if you realize <laughs> he does he puts it that's there on purpose. that's what i was going to tell you but i didn't i didn't want to interrupt the flow i mean what bryce touched on which was magnificent poetic and beautiful is that he most had one setup which was the breakouts and it just added the absolute opposite of mastering one setup on the short side which was gap and craps through tracking data and, and I did it exactly the same way by having very, very small risk, focusing on one pattern and then just scaling up, scaling up, scaling up, scaling up. But um, what, what I loved about what you said is there's two ways, like everyone's like, how do you learn stocks? Well, there's two ways to learn stocks. The first way is to watch webinars and realize like what the hell is going on. The second way is to do, do the process, <laughs> trade every day, get market exposure, learn as much as you can make as you lose by learning you learn by losing make as many 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 small mistakes as you possibly can and that brings us on to the next point of why on earth are people short biased why are traders long biased because you've done the hard work of learning long with two dollar risk two dollar risk two dollar risk risk and blow up your account but once you've mastered longs like i've kind of mastered shorts now I've got the opportunity where I can learn longs for free because the short profits pay. So I can make the whatever, $1,000, $500 a day, $1,000 a day. But then I'm learning longs risk-free because I'm doing the longs $20 risk each trade, $30 risk each trade. 
But on my shorts, I've maybe got $300 risk each trade. So those 600, 900 wins are paying for me to diversify well, and grow and learn as a trader. So, so Bryce, how's your short journey coming on, first of all? <laughs> <laughs> and and are, are you open to that approach? Um, so my short journey is, well, short so far. Um, there's, I have Don't not lived. placed two, yeah, very short lived. Um, <laughs> I've actually, I think this month I'm up like, a thousand dollars from all short positions. Dude, um, that's better than my lungs. Yeah. <laughs> my lungs so we're not far off each other. It's it's a, it's tough though. I mean, shorting like here's the way I always look at it is, I always used to think, well, if it's not a long, it's a short. Right. <laughs> and yeah. now that I know where not to long, I realize that doesn't mean it's a short. Um, no, it can yeah. depending on the pattern. But you know, just because a, a long fails to break out like I mentioned earlier, I'm a relatively, I'm not a patient long. I'm in and out maybe 20, 30 minutes, sometimes an hour. Um, every now and then I'm out in five or 10 minutes. Every now and then I get faked out. A stock will do a fake out breakout. I'll sell because normally I got in before that breakout level. I'll sell for a smaller win. That does not mean it's a short, just because a stock fails to break out doesn't <laughs> right. mean it's going to break down. Um, so, yeah, you know, I've been really trying to focus on patterns. The first red day is probably my, I'm not going to say the easiest short to start off learning, but an overextended first red day, it allows you to have a really solid risk level. And then it comes down to just knowing how to size because most yeah. traders, if this, let's say the stock gap's down 5% and high a day was another from the previous day was another 5% higher. A lot of traders aren't willing to risk that previous high a day or that previous close. They're 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 just they want to use big size and get that hard crack which is what i do unfortunately that's why my short isn't uh, short strategy isn't working all too well but um you know having appropriate risk is extremely important for shorting in my opinion because if you don't you can lose more than 100 percent. it's really really easy to get trapped short on a hot runner first red day just, doesn't have to work just one piece of advice i'll give you just because it's good for you and good for others and then i'll let the other guys talk away because I don't want to talk too much but but a really nice way to find a short entry is to just watch it open just like do you know what do you know in poker when if you're on the button you've got the advantage because you get to see what the other players do first let 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 it open let the market open have the advantage see what everyone else has done first and then what I do is when I see a short spiking exhausting we get that first red candle then I'll take the short risk in the higher day so then you've still only got two or three percent risk but you've also got a key milestone uh, level to risk off because it's it's exhausted on a on a big amount of volume. If it's the opening first three, four, five minutes, it's exhausted on a key couple of million volume, not a pre-market level, a high volume level. And then I'll give it three shots, three bullets in the gun, like stopped out, got it wrong, try and hit it higher. Stopped out, got it wrong, try and hit it higher. And then if you lose twice, but you've got three to one risk reward, you still win on the on the trade overall. If you get a first time, you, you win. And if you if, if you lose, if you get it right on the third time and it's three, three to one risk reward, then it doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's break even, but it's one of those things and get, get better at finding the, the entry first time. That's the game. 100%. No, I agree with that. And I've got no data, obviously, to back up what I'm saying with my patterns or strategies because I don't track any short short data yeah. right now. So you definitely, that, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So you're basically going for that lower high after an exhausted move right out of the open when it looks done yeah when it looks yep. done uh, if it doesn't exhaust at 940 
I'll be like, ah, oh, this could rip. I'll give it till about 10.30. And I'm just, wait, does it look tired at 10.30? Is this the top? And then, look, you can get, like, if you look at PIRS, was it PIRS today? That yep. gave back so much. Probably oh, yeah, five, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight to one. Yep. No, uh, it's risk it's, reward it's, on it's that. all the way back down to 350 right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, <laughs> you, hit, you hit that 9.32, 9.33. You're right first time, and you've got 10 to one risk reward. Do you know what I mean? So it's just it's just an easy short. That one was. They're not all off. 100%. Yeah. They're not always easy. So just in return, if you could just give us a three or four hour one-to-one webinar on your long strategy, then we're about even. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one, one other thing I'll mention really quick too is that um, this is a rule that I have and it kind of you know goes along with that you know, risk reward, that three-to-one risk reward, et cetera. As a long... I normally am going for something closer to probably two to one um, and a higher win rate. But my rule is always, and because of that, because I'm usually going for a two to one risk reward with a higher win rate, if I can't get a feel, if I'm, if I take three losses in a row on the same ticker, I'm done with it. Um, because that means I'm not getting a feel for it. And again, I just, I essentially just blew my risk reward. So even if I'm going for two to one, I would need to, if I take four losses in a row, I now need to take a four to one win just to break even. Um, and I know that's not going to happen the majority of the time. Yeah. So that's one of my biggest rules. And I'm a big fan of implementing trading rules in some way. And that's, that's my biggest one is if I can't get it right on that third try, cut it out. Done. It's what, weird, uh, you know, and, and this is, this is up there, up there with like Bigfoot and aliens, but it's weird. Yeah. I, I love that. And I do similar. It's just like, at some point, like tickers just like got your number or something. And yes. I think people you know, newer traders struggle with that where they're like, oh, it's, you know, again, listen, hey, the golden boy, Tim Gratani says trade the ticker, you know, but it's like, it's, it's sometimes there's just like a personality or something to that ticker that it's got your number. And if you, I, I think that's a great tip. If you just keep losing on that thing, just get it off your list, especially right now, because there's so much out there right now. I mean, it's that you don't have to sit there and try and get even and, and again, I know it's easy to say, you know, just, oh, the ticker, the ticker, but it's like you hold grudges mentally. It's like, man, and, and, and I think it screws up your psychology. And I know it sounds dumb. You might be like, oh, well, you know, just forget that. Ah, it ain't that <laughs> easy. There's algos. Don't forget there's algos on these tickers. And if yeah, there's an yeah. algo that's fooling you a few times, then well said. just well let said. it go. Let it, let it go. Well, that's another thing too. That's That right there is why I generally stay away from that top percent day one that day one ripper i like to for me i'm i'm going for maybe not necessarily a super low volume gap up but i'm going for the one that's got probably less algo attention on it because there does seem to be the more volume there is the bigger the bigger money can really start buying pirs traded 400 million shares yesterday that was not just a bunch of retail schmucks (laughs) like us there was something else going on there yeah (laughs) No, and the, 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 a lot of, of course, a lot of the top, the ones that really do run at the end of the day, that have that end of day view outbreak, they probably are the ones with higher volume. Um, you know, they like PIRS. What are the, I mean, I don't remember how that ended percent percentage wise, but it was the higher volume stock. But I'm also not going for 100% return on my long. You know what I mean? That's, it's just, it, that, that's where it comes down to style and your, your preference for trading. Um, but no, I definitely do think there's some level of manipulation in the market, the more volume that comes in. <laughs> what, what are your other trading rules, Bryce? 
that really is my my biggest one uh, my, my biggest two is never to focus on that that top percent that top percent gainer because those are always the ones that fake me out they have they they normally do hold support um pretty well but i'm just i'm not patient enough to hold until a 30 cent drop and then recovering another 30 percent drop so generally i try to avoid stocks that are first of all over 30 percent up on the day with um, more than five, five to seven times that float rotation. If it's really early in the morning, now that does change the later on in the day we get. I'm okay playing if a top percent gaining stock is holding up. Anyways, that was a really long explanation. Um, but and then the other one, <laughs> the other one, like I said, the biggest and most important rule to me is that three times and you're done. That is really my most important rule. Um, but yeah, no, another another one definitely is like I don't want to be trading a stock that's up a hundred percent in the morning, just because those pulls can be really nasty. If you get caught, you can get a lot of slippage on a hard stop. You can completely miss it. If you've got a mental stop. Um, and I don't like that. That's too much stress for me. It's just too much. Do you feel that, uh, insight that you got on that walk as you were watching Matt to do so well, do you feel that that was, that was how many months into your trading? Oh, that was, a little over probably just about two years. Wow. So do you feel that you went into this looking to make the money and that after two years, you realized I have to have a mind shift? Yeah, I definitely went in wanting to just be a big baller and, you know, wanting to, <laughs> I wanted to grow my, my $2,000 account over PDT and, uh, you know, and then from there, go on and make $5,000 a day. Because I saw on Twitter, I was like, 4000 a day is a million a year. And I was like, score, it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I, we were probably six months in, I was about six months in trading. I was talking to Matt one day and I was like, it's really not that hard. You just grow your account 100% every two weeks. Easy piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, no, that I need, I knew I needed a mindset shift. And I had been really trying to shift my mindset for that. But What's really weird about trading, and I'm sure a lot of newer traders can resonate with this, is there are so many different ways to collect data, right? Uh, you can back test, you can go through a bunch of charts. You got to find the one that works for you. For me, it was that uh, trading experience versus going through the bunch of spreadsheets and you know back testing, which is a great like a great yeah. way to collect data. I'm just yeah. not good at. It. Yeah, I'm not good at it. Yep. I'd rather have my my trading data that from trades I took in front of me to see what does and doesn't work. Yeah, the the analogy I always use, and 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 again, uh, you know, we 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 beat and beat this data tracking thing on the podcast because again, I just think no one wants to do the hard stuff. But you know, I'll get asked a lot. You know, what spreadsheet to use? Do you use Profitly? Do you use TraderView? The analogy I can always give is it's a lot like diets. Okay, they they say the number one diet for you is the one that you can be faithful, yeah. the one that you enjoy. Because yeah. listen, yeah. if you're, if you, if you just hate eating vegetables, guess what? Vegans probably not going to work for you. Okay. Maybe you should look at keto. Maybe you should look at carn. you know, look at these options. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately there's a lot of different, there's, you know, I know diets are very uh, uh, ideology based, but there's a lot of healthy diets out there, but you got to find the one that you're not like, Oh, this sucks. You know, and same with data tracking and try everything again, yeah. try profitly, mm -hmm. try spreadsheets, try paper. I mean, I started out doing, I mean, I talk about that all the time. I still have those binders of handwritten <laughs> notes and stuff. Yeah. So find something that you, that you 
I mean, I'm not saying you got to love it. You got to be like, woohoo, but right. you got to something that you're not like, oh shit, I got to do this. And then be, because, because then you're much more likely to not break the habit because you got to sit there and stay diligent because if you just do it here and there, it's not going to do you any good because then you can't, you know, you can't get the feedback you need. But do you know, so, do you know no, no, no matter what you do, sorry, last thing I'll say, no matter what you do, it all comes down to looking at charts thousands and thousands of times. Yeah. No matter how you do it, no matter how you do it, whether it's data, real-time trading, anything, no matter yeah. what you do, it well always said. comes back to looking at thousands of charts thousands of times. And eventually that shit just sinks in. But go mm-hmm. on, Kim. But no, I'm just, I'm just so grateful, Bryce, that you spoke to it being two years because for that, you know, I've, I just think so many of the new traders are expecting it to happen literally tomorrow overnight exactly and it's and it's so debilitating to them to sort of have you you know have been in it with Matthew for two years and then have that aha moment and stay with it and that was how long ago Uh, that was a year I mean just over a year ago well and I, I think I talked about I think I talked about this last episode there is there don't get me wrong there are really big aha moments but that you don't wake up and go aha (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. then you're making a thousand dollars a day. No, no, there's still growth. There's still growth after that big revelation you have in your trading. And there's a lot. I think that's why everyone, you know, successful traders love to trade. Is you can the, the power of compounding is magical. Yeah. Um, and whether that be knowledge, your account size, your profits, you know, I mean, it, it. No matter how big that aha moment is, you're still going to have more of them in the future. It's great. I just, well, that's, just I think, you know, that's, expectations. That, that's the coolest thing about this is you're, you know, you're never done. And I, uh, you know, I think that that's uh, if, if you don't like that idea, you know, mm-hmm. that's why, again, a lot of people just drop off, you know, whether, yep. whether or not they blow up their account, maybe they just get tired of going nowhere. Yeah. And, you know, and, and if you really yeah. enjoy this and you, and you like being intellectually stimulated and you like to be challenged, then there's a place for you. But if you're, if you're just, if, if, if you can't, if you can't deal with standing still for a year or so, eh, you're yeah. probably going to struggle. You know? but, and, and yeah. Delta, so. but don't you think Tim, like, I mean, even just entrepreneurship, yeah. like even working for the man or a company, like everything takes time. I, I'm just kind of confused, like whether it's trading or your own business or trying to build your career, like, it doesn't happen overnight. People, where do people get this memo that it can happen overnight in any of these fields? Like, it's just about well, I think, and okay, number one, I mean, I think, I mean, this is an age old question. I mean, listen, yeah. there's a reason. I mean, I mean, listen, Ponzi schemes, get rich yeah, schemes have existed for Lottery thousands tickets. of thousands of years. I think one of the biggest things, the, the biggest issues with trading is it happens to a lot of people. A lot of people, I mean, especially 2020, a lot of people make a thousand bucks their first true. trade. First that's trade. True. It's like, yeah. it's like all of a sudden you you buy some thing you see on Reddit and it doubles the next day. So point. then that sets you up for, you know, like Bryce said, I mean, he's like, Easy oh, money. he's talking to Matt. All I got to do is double my account every two weeks and I'll make a million dollars this year. <laughs> But but no offense to him. And again, I did that math. Hey, I remember, sure, of course. you know, I remember making you know four hundred and seventy bucks my first trade. And the what everybody does, you just starts you know, okay, 
470 times five. Ooh, that's, that's, you know, that's 2,500, you know, times 52 weeks, you know, that's, you know, and, and all of a sudden, Oh, you know, that's, that's 200,000 or whatever it is. And then you're like, well, geez, if I can ramp it up to a thousand a day, you know? And so I think that is one of the worst things about trading. I I think now, I mean, it's, that sounds a little counterintuitive, but I mean, it's just, you can make a thousand bucks day one. I mean, you just show up, not know anything, see Get what lucky. Wall Street Bets is doing and you make a thousand bucks, you know? So yeah. you can't do that. I mean, you can, I mean, true. you can't start a business and be, and you know, and you're not, you know, I mean, or, or, or do it, or you can't lose 20 pounds in one day, or you can't right. double your bench in one day, you know, but I mean, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work that way. So yeah. Yeah. But trading does. You you can make a thousand dollars and know nothing. Absolutely it's nothing. It's true. <laughs> I, I am for, I'm forever grateful that I actually I never took one of those big wins in my early trading career. Ever. Wow. Ever. Wow. Because I was always I yeah. was always with the mentality like, all right, I'm green, get out. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I was too That's scared great. to hold, which thankfully helped me not be a bag holder later on. But it's I now to like today I'm like thank God I didn't have like a five thousand dollar win on my two thousand dollar account because <laughs> I would have been an awful awful yeah bad yeah winner. I when I first was I think I was thirteen years old my dad took me to the horse track and it was a daily double baked into the day is, and is I the watched, horse track are there horses at the horse track yeah Belmont are you making fun of my accent. <laughs> You, you just, didn't say horses there in a weird way, horse, did you? Because that, that was horse. super, that was so weird. That's the, horse? That, that was, horse that was almost disturbing. You said horse. Horse track. You said horse. horse. <laughs> what can I tell you? Anyway, I won. I won a lot of money. I think I won $200, $300. And for a 13-year-old, that's big money. Oh, yeah. And, and after that birthday, every year, I was like, Dad, we should go to the horse track. <laughs> Because you think, oh, I win at the horse track. So, no, it's it's a it is absolutely a dangerous mentality. It like it can't when you take that big win. Same thing with the casino. I, not yes, even gonna lie, yes. I used to have a slight gambling addiction because in in upstate New York, if you're on Native American territory, you can gamble oh, at that's eighteen. Right. That's right. And so every, and they never they never questioned people. That was never. You know, if you were 16, 17, I was going in there and it was maybe bringing 100, 200 dollars and walk out with 500. You were like, all right, let's go back tomorrow. Let's go back next weekend, guys. <laughs> like, but then when it. this is going to sound yeah. really bad and I'll, I'll make it sound better in just a second. But then I found the stock market and I was like, whoa, it's kind of like doing it online. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute. You can actually develop an edge here. It doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, comp- luck. Uh, luck. When, yeah, I think there is, and it, you know, I'm good friends with, uh, John Papa and he talks about like he compares trading to advantage betting and in a lot of ways it can be you know you determine your edge and you determine your risk it doesn't mean you know you're going to win 90 percent of the time but you determine how much you're going to lose and that that in itself can really uh you know Mm -hmm. have a big advantage if you can capitalize on that edge yeah but but just to add, add to that as well I mean I remember tweeting about something like you have to be healthily obsessed or addicted to trading. No, I didn't. I said all of the best traders I know are healthily obsessed or addicted to trading. Well said. I like that. Yeah. And then Dan Irish said on Twist, I heard Dan Irish watching the Twist episode on the weekend with Jack and Kyle and Matt. And he was saying, I might be addicted. I might be. I'm just being real. I'm just putting it out there. But it's a healthy addiction. Yep. 
And I, I'd say the same for me. I mean, again, I, I, I consider it. And I mean, again, I always talk my least favorite time of the week is Friday night, you know, but, but again, I think it's a healthy addiction. You know, it's like, it's not like, you know, but say if you put me in a casino, right. If you put me in a casino, I love gambling. The alcohol's free. Where do you think I'm going to be? Where do you think I'm going to be safer to be? I'm safe. I just trade in the stock market at home. Yep. So you know, it's healthy. It's healthy. <laughs> well, and it comes down to really controlling that addiction, right? Because yep. the addiction is great when you're trying to learn, when you're trying to study, it's a really important part of, of, of finding what works for you. But that, addi- that same addiction can lead to over trading if you don't know how to control. It. And it did for me. I mean, I, my worst, my worst red days were because I was over trading. And I just, I was wow. like, I need to be in a trade. I need to be in a trade. How, what am I going to be in right now? <laughs> when, <laughs> you did you, when did you realize that, Bryce? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, st- I still do it every now and then. But now I know how to, <laughs> I mean, I won't, I won't lie. Every now and then I'm still like, All right, what, what can I, what can I want? Um, well, and I think, no, you know. I mean, I mean, you know, we talk about this a lot, you know, like, like with FOMO and stuff and like, you know, and over, over trading ultimately is kind of a derivative of FOMO. And, you know, I mean, it's like, I don't think you ever defeat it. You know, like people, like people are always like, how do you, you know, how do you get overtaken, you know, bad losses and it's big losses. And, and I, you know, thing I always say is at some point you just get sick of it, you know, well, you either give up or you get tired of blowing through your stop and you're like, and, and you just get that point where I'm not going to do this anymore. And I think all of this stuff, you just back to that whole point of having experience, you just get better at managing it, you know, and, yeah, and you, just, you, and you recognize you're like, geez, okay. Back to, you know, your, your two strike rule, you know, you develop that rule because you were like, this is, if I, if I keep going back in, it just gets worse. Well, yeah. how did Bryce figure that out through experience? Yeah, oh, yeah. But, but we all we all still survive because I mean it was only just oh, yeah. the other day. So I was, screw I was, up every day. Yeah, it's just, just out the other day I was sitting there and I was thinking I would love to add to this loser. And you know what <laughs> is? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna add to the loser because I'd love to do it. And uh, yeah, you risk that loss every time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no. no. I, I, you get away with it. You get away with it. My biggest loss this month is like fifty bucks. I've been doing really well, but that's not to say that's not to say I haven't slipped. slipped a couple of times when you're on the short side, you get away with it. Yep. Well, until you don't. The, the, to to kind of just finish all that part off, one of the this especially goes to what Steven said. Um, I think this was in Tim Gertani's Trading Pickers Two, where he really talked over his his biggest losses and why he took them. And it was never because he, it wasn't because he just failed to stick to his risk level is because it would go over his risk level and then he'd add. Yeah. And then yeah. he'd add yeah. and then he'd add. Right. Um, if, you, if you're wrong, be wrong, you know, be it's, wrong. It's yeah. 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 It, it, you know, and that's, it's really, it's scary how easy it is to do when you're short selling or how easy that is to happen because like well it's gonna it's gonna go lower at some point it's going to it's going to (laughs) whereas when you're going long it's just like all right this might never bounce so i might as well just get out (laughs) yeah no because but when it when the stocks go up too much they are up too much but when they drop down too low that we all know the terrible companies so they can go lower no yeah and it's it's bad it's it's bad to know how crappy these penny stocks are because <laughs> it's like all right well i'm gonna be right eventually when i short if i just don't get margin called right right <laughs> that's right um but, but yeah but no so like it, oh sorry no just like no, i was i was just gonna say if you can't cut donut simple as that yeah a hundred percent i like that i like that yeah yep yep 
um, that's again, all experience. You'll, you'll be tired of taking those losses eventually. Uh, what Steven, it was SCAC for you, right? Yeah. Well remembered. Yeah. Well yeah. Remembered. yeah. You'll always um, remember that loss though. But like for me, what it was though, is I, I got into the habit of like, I was averaging 1100 a day and that was like the most I'd ever averaged. And I was like, no red days. And I was up like 17,000 on the month. And I just started thinking, oh, there's no place today. How am I going to make this thousand? And I thought, well, what I need to do is if the stock's only 27% up and I'm, I need to take 10%, that's from 27 to 17. That means I need a good $12,000, $13,000 at the open, hitting it at the open in case it does drop right away to get that 27 down to 17, 10% retracement. But uh, obviously every now and then one of them doesn't rips against you all of a sudden i'm down two grand i didn't plan for this because i only thought about what i could win right. not what i could right. lose right yep. and i think i'm down yep. two grand i don't want to eat this and then what do you do add add <laughs> add add and then what i started doing is, is i just took realized and unrealized off and thought max loss is 300 on this setup i've got three bullets and the system works and when i prove i can do it a bunch of times i'll make 500 risk then 800 risk then a thousand risk and then before you know it you're making the the Tim Grittani money, the Tim Grittani way. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. No, that's, uh, you know, that, I don't remember what I was going to say. I just had something great. I've just, I've just left say. you speechless. I'll yeah, just you, leave you speechless. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, I do remember what I was going to say. This is going to be a really unpopular opinion, but I think really, <laughs> really strong green streaks are one of the most dangerous things for oh, new yeah. traders because Horrible. they get, they, you know what I mean? It's okay to have red days. It's actually better yeah, to have it's needed and know it's how needed. to manage that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I remember when my, uh, this is probably not going to be surprising at all, but my biggest red day back, I don't know, August or September was after like a 28 day green streak run. Oh, I was like, all right, well, got, yeah, got to make 500 nice. bucks today. Got to yep. make it. I'm going to find a way. Negative $4,000. <laughs> <later. laughs> yeah. But uh, if you have too many green days in a row, you want to just pretend that you take some time off, pretend you took a big loss and start again. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't yeah, just yeah. wait for it to happen because it will happen. That big red deal come. Yep. Yeah. Completely agreed. Well, um, I gotta. I, I'm overdue for a haircut, so I do need to get out of here. <laughs> you and uh, you and me, end. you and me both, Tim. You yeah, and me look both. at that. Oh, so, I, I wish, I wish the, the back of my neck. Why can't it grow up here? You know, like, and at my age. My eyebrows grow faster than my head does. And we don't even we want to set, we your, when you're 65 years old, like I am, the ear, where's the ear? Why, why, why does like your hair start growing in your ears when you're 65? What's the evolutionary uh, advantage to that? I just no. don't know why you look like Dan Bilzerian's little brother. Like, I just, I just don't know why that's going to me head. Get, that beard is, I get that I big beard and really <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll just grow, just grow that. Yeah, just I'd... grow that. Just grow that mofo, and then join join uh, Dan Bilzerian on. I try. I and... followed him for I don't know three months to just try to because I always tried to be open minded about people. But Kim, I don't think you're. The and I have to demographic. I know I'm not, but I <laughs> I try to be open minded with people that are. I'm not their normal demographic to just get them. And after a very short period of time, I felt I got him and I had to unfollow. Like you, you got that he was like a jerk. Kind of did. Kind That's of a nice did. word for it. 
<laughs> so that being said, thank you for coming back, Bryce. Um, you know, I think, you know, uh, in summary, I mean, a, a great discussion today. Thank you, Bryce. We'll, we'll definitely have you back. And, you know, to those of you out there listening, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, I've said it a million times on the podcast. There's a reason we chose steady trade as the name. I mean, it's just, you know, so much of this is just understanding that number one, everybody's journey is different. Okay. And yes, people have done it in a month, six months, nine months. You're probably not going to be that person. Hopefully we can, you know, hopefully we can help, you know, cut that down. You know, again, one of the reasons we bring on, you know, a lot of these guys that have gone, guys and gals that have gone through the quote unquote ringer is to let you know that, listen, it's, it's going to be bad times and you're, and you're going to just be flat or you're going to lose and you're going to lose. But if you have that long-term vision and, you know, and we, you, you've all seen the meme, you know, that everyone's seen the meme of the little dude digging with the pickaxe. You know, and he, and, he, and, and, and the one guy's digging furiously and he's got this much. And then down at the bottom, he's an inch away and he burns out and he walks away, you know, an inch away from the diamonds. But it's, you know, if you know, well, if you hope and if you believe that the diamonds are there and you understand that it may take one, two, three, four years, then you can achieve that. And, and if you track the data and you take your time and you make you know, you risk $2 to make 20 bucks. Okay. That in, in, and you're putting in those reps, you know, great. You know, Bryce, I don't know if anybody we've ever really talked about that whole, you know, using half your cash account and just, you know, reusing it, reusing it, reusing it. It's a great point that, you know, a lot of people are under the PDT. Well, they're not under the PDT, but a way around that is to yeah. use the cash account. Cause you don't have the 25,000 plus to put in your trading account. And it's back to just putting in those reps and putting in that time and focusing on the minimum of setups, you know, again, stuff we, we talk about all the time. So have the long game in mind, all of you, please. I think that's why you're listening to this thing. And if you get discouraged, you know, think about and be inspired, you know, again, think about Bryce's point where he's seeing Matt crush it. And here he is. It's like, Hey, you know, we're working together. We're roommates. We're doing a podcast cast together. He's crushing it. I'm going nowhere, you know, but how can I keep my head up? How can I keep grinding? And then here you are, you know, 500,000 plus, you know, a year later. So pretty awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Stephen. And thank you, Bryce. Head over to steadytrade.com get links to anything we mentioned um, and past episodes share with your friends. You know, we're on YouTube. We're on all the podcast networks, check it out, share. And as always drop us suggestions. We're always looking to change and evolve the podcast. Anything you want us to go over. We haven't done a mailbag episode in a while. Definitely shoot us some questions that you want us to go over. Have a great day. And we'll see you next time on the steady trade podcast.